Hello and good day, beautiful people, wonderful, divine soul, amazing human being. What a privilege and honor to be with you once again. We have an amazing show for you today, and I'm sending you all of my love, prayers, well wishes, good vibes, energy, your way for wherever you are on the planet. Today, we have the incredible Michael Anthony on, and we are talking about uh, so many relevant things for what's going on today. Um, He is the author of the best-selling book, Think Unbroken. We talk about his amazing story, uh, having to steal water as a kid. It's just, it's really unbelievable. Um, We talk about mindset. We talk about the first step being belief, uh, the art of self-love and having a supportive inner dialogue, uh, the inner battle of you versus you, uh, why declarations um, have to be made, redefining failure, um, wisdom, the importance of patience, um, the importance of perspective, confidence, and so many other things. So this is a, a very practical episode, a very inspiring episode, and I know that you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please uh, share it as far as wide as you can. Uh, Patreon is now threatening to delete the account. So if you want to support the show, go to mapailer.com and become a member. You can do, do so by donation or even for free if you hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com. It's just a way to protect all of these incredible podcasts. There are future shows I can't even share right now. Um, YouTube has almost got me deleted too. I'm on the second and, and last and final strike. So your support is incredibly appreciated and really necessary and really helpful to get the word out there. Uh, the best way to support the show um, other than shares and leaving a review on iTunes and, and becoming a member, which is really appreciated, is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. Um, that's the best way to support the show. And if you're a person who wants to go a little bit deeper and work with me and you and you really want to make a difference in the world, you want to know your calling with clarity and power and know how to live and integrate your life purpose, you know, for who you came here to be. You know, I believe we were all sent here by a creator and that we have a divine purpose and we can find that and we can learn to navigate life with truth, with clarity, with power. You want to learn how to overcome any kind of limiting belief or self-sabotage and architect your life deliberately and live your vocation, hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com or go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. There are many ways that I can support you, whether it's through the Soul Compass uh, program, uh, the Quantum Heart Hypnosis, or uh, one-on-one and group coaching to have accountability, support, uh, a community that's really cheering you on, can really change the game and helping you have success. It's very hard to do it on your own. And so if you're interested in that, hit me up. I would love to work with you. So with that said, let's dive into today's amazing episode. And before we do, let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, compassion, courage, energy, and ready to take on this amazing episode with Michael Anthony. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming censorship and working towards spreading truth, knowledge, and awareness to empower you and communities around the world. Please help us spread the word with shares, reviews, and by becoming a member over at mattbelair.com for free or by donation. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is the author of the best-selling book, 
Think Unbroken and is a coach, mentor, and educator for adult survivors of child abuse. He spends his time helping others get out of the vortex to become the hero of their own story and take their life back. He hosts the Michael Unbroken podcast, teaches at Think Unbroken Academy, and is on a mission to create change in the world. Welcome to the show, Michael Anthony. Matt, thank you, my friend. I'm super excited to be here with you today. I'm, I'm so excited as well, dude. You have an amazing story. Um, you're doing incredible work and, and you know that's a very short bio. So for those who are just becoming familiar with you and what you're doing, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background and how you got to doing the work you are today. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll give you the elevator pitch version of it. So we're not here all day, man. So I, I grew up in Indianapolis in the Midwest in, in America. My mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. Uh, four years old, she actually cut off my right index finger. Uh, my stepfather, hyper abusive, the kind of guy that you pray is never your stepfather. And I never met my real father. By the time we were eight, we were constantly homeless. I lived between eight and 10 years old with like 30 different families. Um, we would steal food and water to survive. Imagine this, Matt, stealing water in America to survive, brother. By the time I was 12, I got high for the first time. When I was 15, I got expelled out of high school. Luckily, got put into a last chance program, but didn't graduate high school on time because I was selling drugs, running with guns, breaking the houses and hurting people. And my three childhood best friends, they were murdered. And when I was 18, I was trying to figure out what's next in life. Like, what is the solution for poverty and for chaos? And I was like, oh, it's money. So I decided legally, because this was very, very important, because my best friend had just got arrested. I have family in prison for life. I knew I was heading down a dead end path if I didn't change. I decided I'm going to chase money legally. I land with a Fortune 50 company. I make my first 100000 when I'm 21 years old, and I reached that goal. Now, you'd be like, that's amazing. But then here's what happened. All of the chaos of my life, my childhood, having an ACE score of 10 exacerbated with money. And I found myself 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep. And at 25 on my birthday, put a gun in my mouth. What happened after that was I had this moment one morning, I'm laying in bed. It's 11 o'clock. Again, I'm weighing 350 pounds, smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake and watching the CrossFit games. Like, man, if that's not rock bottom, brother, I don't know what is. And in that oh, moment, in that moment, I made a decision. I said to myself, from here, everything changes. And I walked into the bathroom the next day because that wasn't enough. It was the next day. I walk in the bathroom, I look at myself in the mirror, this round, fat, jaundiced face, this person, a reflection I didn't understand. And I said, Michael, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And in that moment, Matt, the words, no excuses, just results started resonating with me. Fast forward over 11 years, here I am talking to you today through an entire and unbelievable journey of going through the mental health and trauma healing practices of therapy, men's group therapy, AA, NA, all the A's, going and getting deep into the science of trauma, reading all the books, going to all the conferences, listening to all the podcasts, doing all of the work, and eventually getting certifications from some of the leading experts in the world. And today, I've written a number one best-selling book. I've coached thousands of people, and I'm obsessed with ending generational trauma in the world. Holy crap, man. That is the most intense elevator pitch I've ever heard. And like, I just started to smile, like not because like, I was like, holy smokes, how did you get to the other side of that? I was like, wow, dude, that is 
unbelievable. So I can imagine, you know, when you're on stage is speaking, like that is a really powerful story. And it reminds me of similar to David Goggins. Like he, that guy went through a lot of stuff and then was overweight and, you know, said, you know what? Um, we, I got to change something right now. Now I feel like he's definitely gone on the other side and the guy is an absolute savage. I can't believe what he's able to do. Um, so I'd love to ask you, like, why do you think it is that people wait so long to have like that, that really big catalyst, like put a gun to your mouth or like about to die, you know, before they make that shift, is there anything that we can do if we're kind of like in the lukewarm water of, of going the other way, how do we start to become the hero of our own story? Cause I know that's a lot of what you teach. Matt, that's the number one thing that I'm trying to solve for. If that was the variable in creating change in the world, then that's what I'm trying to figure out. And I, look, here's the reality. As men, the number one thing that we're told is to shut down emotionally. Don't cry. Don't be a baby. Put some dirt on it. Man up. That stuff is so incredibly toxic, man. That's why we have all these men running around as little boys right now who are emotionally insecure and unstable. And look, that's embedded and ingrained in us. And so what happens is it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and then eventually it releases. And how does that release for most people? Through violence, through anger, through self-destructive and self-sabotaging behaviors, or in my case, through attempting to kill myself, right? And so many people go through that, men specifically, but women as well, a lot of my clients are women. The reality is we don't come from a society, especially if you live in Western cultures, where it's accepted that you are allowed to be an emotional being. So how do you move through that? I think first and foremost, right now, it's conversations like this, it's education, it's giving people across the board, male or female, the permission to understand that they're allowed to be emotional human beings. The nomenclature must change. To create change, we must create change. And so as we head down this path, the number one thing I'm always thinking about is like, how do you how do you mitigate the risk of rock bottom before creating change? And that's the mission, man. That's the journey. And so that's the goal. How do we do that? By doing this and having these conversations and getting in people's faces about the reality that the nomenclature is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And in doing so many podcasts, it was it was exactly the catalyst of pain that got people to the other side. And so if we could figure that out, right, because it would be super helpful because everyone's like, you know, it's not so bad. Right. But why can't it be great? Why can't it be amazing? Why can't you say I'm living my life purpose? I'm totally fulfilled or or at least closer to that mark. You know what I mean? Aiming for it while being content where you where you are. And, you know, what would you say to people who have gone through childhood trauma? Because, I, you know, it is way more prevalent than I think most people understand. It is not a unique thing that the numbers are staggering. And so if somebody's going through um, childhood trauma, how do you help them? Well, deal with any kind of trauma? Like, do you have any uh, steps or suggestions for people wanting to heal something like that? Yeah, Matt, like you're spot on, man. Like, here's the reality. Child abuse in Western cultures is the elephant in the room of mental health care. Think about this, like realistically, and this isn't to be crass. You can beat your dog and you will go to jail. You can beat your child and people go, well, I guess they'll learn their lesson next time, won't they? It's unbelievable to me that we live in a society where we allot that, right? And so 
if you're going through this, I think again, first it's education. We have to reframe the way that people think about discipline in the world. Like, can we be better leaders for our children? Can we be better guides? for our adults, right? Ultimately, I think about the way that we end this is through expansion. We heal our adults and then we educate our children and by proxy that grows and grows and grows and grows. Now, to answer your question, if you're in this position where you're sitting with this and you know, I think most of us know. Now, there are levels of this where you dissociate, meaning you kind of remove yourself as a protective mechanism from the experiences that you've had. That's normative, right? That is the human brain survival mechanism. So there's a level to it. Now, let's say you kind of know, you feel like, man, I remember there's some blank spots, but I know some bad things happen. Or on the other side, you absolutely remember. And like me, I have an incredible recall. I can remember most of the experiences of my childhood because that became my survival mechanism, being aware. And I think most of us understand and have had these experiences, which we can recall. The number one thing that you can do, and, and also simultaneously, the most difficult thing that you can do is if you're in this position where you recognize that something bad happened to you in your childhood, is you have to acknowledge it. We hide from it. We stuff it down. We run from it. We try to get over it, right? And eventually it always catches up with us. By acknowledging it, you're making it real. Look, here, here's the truth about it. It's not about culpability. It's not your responsibility. You are not the one who did these things. You are not responsible for them. But I think about this every single day. If someone dumps garbage in your front yard, whether or not you want it there, it is there. And so you have a choice to make every single day. You can either step over that garbage and pretend it's not there, or you can clean it up. So much of trauma healing in this journey as adults, whether it's something that happened in your childhood or in your adult years or right now in this moment, so much of the journey is about acknowledging it and cleaning up the garbage because whether you like it or not, it's your house. Yeah, absolutely. And that can be the, the toughest thing to do. And when I was working with athletes, you know, the highest level athletes, you know, X Games, um, Olympic, Olympic uh, hopefuls, things like that, when they were coming in second, I would know in talking to them, right? They say, hey, oh, Matt, you know, we heard you're a really good uh, sports psychologist. You know, we'd, we'd love some help. I keep sab sabotaging. And I would know after doing this enough times, it was about five of them. I was like, huh, every one of them comes back to childhood trauma, everyone. So I would just start a normal conversation with them, right? They would think it would go one way, but I knew where it was going to end up. And it was always that childhood trauma that prevented them from being the best that they could be right? It's this like lens and this guilt and this filter that they have that would prevent them um, from being their best because they would feel like, oh, if they stood out, they would get harmed in some sort of way. It was some sort of defense mechanism that they had from kids, which I thought was incredibly fascinating. And the other interesting thing is if you don't know how to address it and heal it, it will stay with you forever, 60, 70, 80, 90 to your last day. But the beautiful thing is you can begin the process of healing and overcoming that. So it's still there as a memory, but you don't have that lens. I imagine it's like the opposite of rose colored glasses, but you're unaware they're there. So as you're making your decisions, you have this filter on that you're unaware of because it's unconscious. But when you remove the charge of it, 
right? It's a memory, but it's not charged. You can now see clearly and make decisions and actions. And, you know, un, in sports specific, it's unconscious actions, right? To, to be your best in the moment. Um, that that filter is not going to come up and sabotage you. So I'd love for you to speak on that and, and potentially what you've learned about mindset, because I know you speak a lot about mindset and the importance of it. Yeah, Matt, that's so spot on, man. Like that's such a great way to, to create an analogy because here's the truth about it, right? It, it may be a survival mechanism of don't be the best so you're not seen, right? Because one of the things, unfortunately, we understand is the, the whole idea of children are meant to be seen and not heard. But for some children, it's dangerous to even be seen, right? Now, the other side of it too, it could be literally a single sentence that someone said to you, perhaps in passing, that forever creates this change and this domino effect about the way that you step up into your life. As simple as in that moment of, I want to be an artist, I want to be creative. So I take my crayons and I draw and I color, but I come outside of the line and immediately I'm reprimanded for that. And so for the rest of my life, the only thing I ever think about is stay in the line, stay in the line, stay in the lines. And that works for you until it doesn't, right? And then it starts to overcome, it starts to hinder you, it starts to be in your way. And so as you're in this process, like, the thing to the initial point I made about acknowledgement, acknowledgement is about bringing it there. So you're not hiding from it. So you're not running from it. So you have somewhere to go. Think about this. If it is true, which I believe it is, that we are the sum total of all of our experiences leading up to this moment, then that means everything that's ever happened in our life informs us. And in order to get to where we want to go, we have to understand first how we got to where we are. So by understanding levels to get here to where we are, that creates the framework for moving forward up here to where we want to go. Now in between, that's mindset plus action. And mindset plus action equals self-actualization. So I think about this all the time. If we can kind of create a framework for turning our life's problems into mathematical equations, there's always a solution on a long enough time frame. So now thinking about this, you're faced with this really interesting conflict because part of you has this understanding of, okay, I've acknowledged it. I know what has happened that got me to where I am. Maybe I'm going to therapy. Maybe I have a coach like Michael, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. And in order to get to where you want to go, you're measuring it. But at the same time, you're measuring it. You're trying to create a game plan and a framework. You're still battling that shadow self, those inner experiences, those cognizant or even uncognizant ideal idealizations that you have about yourself because of the embedded software that other people have ingrained in you from youth. So now it's really interesting because you're in this juxtaposition of understanding that you believe at least to some extent that you can create a path forward into your life while also simultaneously looking at the life that you've had up until this moment that's only been informed by those other experiences. So the reality is you have to make a choice. You have to make a decision because mindset plus action equals self-actualization. So you have to believe. Step number one in this, you have to believe that you're able to not only overcome, but to heal, to learn self-love, self-worth, self-validation, and everything else that comes along with who it is that you are. Effectively, you have to be willing to acknowledge that you have the power to create you. And I think about this every single day, the Michael sitting here talking to you right now is a caricature of the idea of the person that I thought I could be a decade ago. And through 
action, right? The showing up, the doing the hard work, the being uncomfortable, the growth, the development, the learning honesty, the learning patience and grace and gratitude and self-love and worth and all of those things, plus showing up every single day, going to the gym, eating right, not cheating, not lying, not stealing, not hurting, not all of those things, right? All of the difficulties have led me to this moment in which I'm sitting here talking to you as a self-realized person that I knew I could be based on my values, my wants, my needs, my interests, and my boundaries. So ultimately, look, people will say mindset, mindset, mindset all day long. That doesn't mean anything without action because I can wish everything into the world, but guess what, brother? There is no Disney moment. You have to earn every inch. I love all that. That's incredibly well said. And you spoke about one thing that's important is the time frame, right? Is give yourself some time and space. And I use the example, if you're out of shape, right? If you're really out of shape and you are 300 pounds, you're not going to lose that in a week. It's a, it's a whole change in everything. So take the weight off and uh, give yourself a year or two right? And say, you know what, I'm going to commit to this. It doesn't have to happen immediately because that's how people go to these binge diets and these different things. And I remember talking to my cousin and, um, you know, he was talking about some of the stuff he was doing to lose weight. And I was like, just show up to the gym every day that just make that a habit. Just show up. Even if you don't know what you're doing, walk for 10 minutes, you know, whatever the case is, just show up every day, not once or twice or three times a week. Because if you say that all of a sudden there's going to be an excuse each time and you end up showing up the gym once a week or maybe twice or in the good weeks, it's three, just show up every day and do a little bit, make that a habit of, of who you want to become. And I love what you said too, as well about the action piece, you know, action is, is the most important thing that we could do. If, if we just did that always and learn from it, we would be so much further ahead. Like the mindset and, and also some people talk about motivation, how the motivation might not be there, but discipline will be there. You know, I've learned that through sports that most of the time I don't feel like training because I know what I'm about to put myself through, you know, and so it's not a very comfortable thing. But when you have the discipline over the mindset, then you're taking the action. And that's the big piece because people kind of get stuck. We do need the process. We do need the mindset. But the, the godfather, the godmother is action always. And I'd love for you to speak a little bit on um, the journey for self-love and self-worth, because going through your scenario, I can imagine that that would be a very challenging process. And for most people, they have just a ruthless inner critic. You know, Wayne Dyer says you would never talk to yourself the way uh, you would never talk to others the way you talk to yourself. And I give the analogy and I'll pose this question. And I'd love to hear your answer. How can we get from that inner dialogue that says, you know, uh, you can't do it. You're not good enough. What will other people think? Other people are already doing it. You know what I mean? Who are you to do this? All these negative inner critic uh, things that happen, which is, which is most common to what if we had this inner critic that was the most supportive, like the most supportive friend, your, your mother, like your dog, you know, if you have a loving dog, imagine your dog was your inner critic. Like, I love you. You got this. You're the best. You're the amazing. Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? You're, you're so great. Oh, don't worry about failure. Like that. That's just part of the process. You're learning, you know, imagine we were able to install that. So how would you, uh, what do you think about that? How could we install that mindset, especially, if, you know, coming from a, you know, someone who would have a traumatic background? 
Yeah, look, man, change only happens when change happens. Think about this. In, in your youth, for many of us, especially trauma survivors, we constantly hear you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not capable enough. It's no wonder your mom or dad left you. It's no wonder you're poor. It's this, it's that. And that's negatively reinforced not only in your home, but through societal aspects. And then the measuring point for whether or not we're successful. That's when life becomes good enough. Well, you should be gracious. You should be good enough. You survive, blah, 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 whatever, right? Then you fast forward all the way to this moment. And in my case scenario, 27 years old, Matt, looking at myself and going, I don't know what self-esteem is. I've never loved myself. I've never once had a moment of feeling good about who I am. The only thing I've ever experienced is homelessness and poverty and bullying. And the list goes on and on and on and on, right? And then you're faced with a, a dilemma, right? Same way, it's this conflict. It's much like literature. It's the battle of you versus you. And within that battle, declarations must be made. And I think about this journey very in a very binary way. It's either yes or it's no. Now, this isn't to say contextually there isn't room for gray area, because I certainly think there is. But for the most part, there's not. You either are or you are not. And looking and moving in towards this place where you start to create this bond with yourself, I look at it as a measurement, again, coming to the point of action. The only way that we get to a place where we build self-esteem and self-love, worth and validation is through doing the things in alignment with who we are that challenge our character, right? That challenge the opposite ideal of who it is that we could be, right? And so when you're in this position, you've led all these experiences in your life up until this point of not showing up for yourself, sabotaging, doing that, right? Can you do the opposite? Can every single day you push yourself into this position of being immensely uncomfortable by doing difficult things that move you in the direction that you believe you're capable of going until the point comes in which you say, actually, this is no longer in alignment with who I am, right? And so then you shift and you move. The only way we grow is through doing things that make us uncomfortable. Think about this. As an athlete, you know you have failed a bazillion times at the things that you have tried. The problem with that is when you have this integration of childhood experience in your nomenclature, the idea of failure is not only detrimental, but terrifying. Why? Because anytime you've ever made a mistake up until this moment, there has been a ramification, public shame, embarrassment, beatings, you know, whatever that thing may be, there's always been a moment in which I fail mathematical equation. We look at it this from a space of a hypothesis, right? I believe that if I fail, then the resulting action will be that I will suffer a consequence, thus eliminating my self-worth. That has been our experience until the moment that you recognize that it does not have to be. Now, the only way that you reframe that is by introducing a new hypothesis. If I fail, can I use that as a data point, right, to understand that moving forward, I still have potential to reach success because I will not repeat that pattern. And along the way, more importantly, to answer your question, 
I won't beat myself up about this. Coming back to my point about being binary, look, as you are on this journey and doing these very incredibly difficult and uncomfortable things, when you fail, you are going to have to introduce radical kindness to yourself. One of the statements that I have every one of my coaching clients write down is, I am a person that is kind to themselves. There is no gray area. This is yes or no. Either you are or you are not. And thus you move into that every single day. Think about this. Habits, like going to the gym every day, it becomes habitual. And then it becomes second nature. And then it becomes a part of who you are. That's the same way about the way that we talk to ourselves. Now, initially, it's about noticing. Can I notice these moments when I'm being unkind to myself? You're stupid. You're dumb. You're fat. You're ugly. You're lazy. You're not good enough. And then Take that negative reinforcement, flip it on its head, tell yourself the opposite, or more so, do the opposite action. I'm scared to go to the handball game because people are going to call me a loser because I'm a little bit overweight. Realistically, people don't even care that you're there. There are 8 billion people on planet Earth. They are not worried about you. Challenge yourself to be uncomfortable. Change the narrative in your head by saying, I am capable of going to the handball game, even though I might be a little bit overweight because I love myself enough to be uncomfortable to see if I can step into the power that I believe I have. That's brilliant, man. I, I agree with that. And I, I love everything you're saying. You know, I think the first and most important thing you're talking about is redefining failure. And, you know, when I'm teaching this to athletes and, and what I'd love to install in, into, um, you know, children's minds is that, you know, one of the scenarios is you miss the basketball shot. You miss, you, you just fail, you know, whatever the case is in life, you, you write something and you get negative feedback. Well, what's the most powerful and positive perspective you can have from that situation? And you got to understand the universal truth is you're going to fail. Failure is an important part of learning. That's why skateboarding is so helpful because 95% of it is failing. You know what I mean? And you're always growing. And so if you're not failing, that means you're not learning. You're just doing the things that you could do. You could just roll around, you know, then you learn one trick and then you learn two and then it just kind of keeps going. So we're always expanding. So if we're not failing, we are, we're not expanding. And so that's such a really important point to understand and how, how do we internally define failure? And another thing that you brought up that uh, reminds me of something I heard is that, you know, you build confidence by doing things that are aligned with who you are, what your values are, like who you truly want to be, who you want to build yourself into, right? You were one way and you wanted to architect the man, the person you are today, and you were able to do that. And lack of confidence comes from breaking agreements with ourselves. You know, we're like, I want to do this. And, and here's the action step, but I'm going to break this agreement. I'm going to break this agreement. I'm going to break this agreement. And all of a sudden you're not accountable to yourself. You're letting your own self down. So you don't feel good. Right. And so a really simple thing you can do is just come up with one or two or three very simple things. Don't, don't stack on a hundred things, right? People will stack on way too much at first, just one or two agreements for yourself and do those every day, right? So if it's, if it's the fitness journey, say, I'm going to walk every day for 20 minutes, but don't break the agreement, make it something so simple that you can commit to that it begins to change the tide. You don't say, I'm going to work out for an hour, then I'm going to go on a juice diet, you know, then I'm going to only watch positive things on TV and, and which you should be doing anyway for your mental nutrients and your health and well being. You know, you're going to break that immediately because it's too much, right? Just start to shift the tide a little bit and that action is going to carry you. 
And so I'd love for you to, to speak about something I think is really important is you, you talk about why we are the story we tell ourselves and that inner dialogue is so critical. So I'd love for you to speak on that little bit about what you teach. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's everything, right? The way you think about yourself is everything. Think about this. If I don't believe in me, who will? If I don't love me, who will? If I don't show up for me, who will? Like, again, to my point, there's 8 billion people on planet Earth. It's really easy for us to seek validation from other people, right? For many of us, we have codependent behaviors. We look at the measurement of our validity, our validation, who we are, our worth as other people. We vie for their attention. We want them to give us the thing that we should be giving to ourselves, right? And so the difficulty in that is recognizing it and saying, actually, I need to build myself first and by proxy, allow those other things to continue to raise you up, not to be the catalyst for how you feel about yourself. And I think that as you step further into this journey, you build that self-worth, that self-validation through not only telling the stories, but through the action. If you spend all of your time every single day bringing yourself down, then what do you think is going to happen? You will be at that level. You will be in this position, in this place where you don't feel good about yourself, where you're not showing up because you say, why bother? I'm already not good enough. You must break the cycle. This is secular. It's going to happen as long as you continue to allow it to happen. Again, change can only happen when you make change happen. And so in this moment, like literally right now, you could change your life forever. You could change your life forever by honoring the intuition, your gut feeling and reaction and response to the stimulus of your environment. Think about this. You hate your job. Your partner cheats on you and you stay in the relationship because it's quote unquote good enough. You aren't putting yourself in a position to be successful by taking that course or investing in that coach or listening to that podcast or whatever that thing is. In a moment, you could change everything in your life by making an opposite choice and decision. And through doing that, you start to change the narrative. You start to change the story. You have to ask yourself what is and what is not the life that I want to have. Either way, at the end of the day, you're making a choice. And here's what I always think about, Matt. I don't wanna be on my deathbed wondering what if. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And it reminds me of, well, the first one is Seinfeld when George does opposite day and everything works out and he gets a job with the Yankees and everything turns out because he, he does a complete opposite of everything he normally does. And it basically, it just shows about stepping out of fear, right. And just being able to take that action. And, and I think that we, as humans, we, we really contain ourselves to a box. We don't think about, you know, what what is like my maximum output potential? What could I truly do if I dedicated my life to it? And um, there was actually a point in time where I was, you know, really struggling with mental health as well. And was like, you know, and I considered, I was like, what would it be like if I took my own life? You know what I mean? It would be, um, you know, I didn't say, I didn't get to the point of like, you know, getting any, any things out, but I just started to consider it. Cause I was like, this is really hard. Like there's a lot of trauma. You know, I was looking, I was researching a lot about how the world worked and what was going on. And I was like, I, this is too much. This is way too much. So I go, you know, okay, well, I don't want to do that. Uh, Cause that's, that's the easy way out, you know, even though it can be hard, but what if I dedicated my life to one thing, right. And at the time, because I was athletic, I was like, what if I wanted to become a pro boxer? What if I gave every ounce of my life to that one thing? Right. And so I don't think we consider that as humans where we go, what if I gave everything in my life to live the greatest life based on my own values 
based on my curiosities, based on my passions, and with the intention of making a positive impact while being content with where I am in the process, or at least intending to be content. And that's a very powerful framework to work within because if we need to lose a certain amount of weight, if we need to feel a certain way, um, there's always going to be room for improvement. You know, sometimes wherever you are in the process, it might be perseverance. It might be like, I'm going to get through today and do the one action that I can, right? It's not going to always be hunky-dory and wonderful. There's going to be challenging days. But with that framework, I think it's really empowering because when we do meet our end, the mirror is going to come up only for ourselves. And we know from the studies and from the uh, questionnaires we've given to people passing, the biggest thing was they wish they went for it. They wish they didn't just take the easy path. They wish they just didn't take, you know, what's the worst case scenario? If you lose your job, you probably get a new job. You probably get, you know, something else. It's not going to be that bad. You, you, you're not testing how powerful you are. And so um, if you want to comment on that, uh, please go ahead. And, and if not, or you want to add to it, the follow-up question I was going to ask is, you know, how in your opinion, could we break um, generational trauma, these cyclical things, what would need to happen as a society? Would it be a change in education? What big things could happen where we could really support um, stopping harming our children, first of all, and healing, you know, that generational thing that just continues to seem to be happening? Yeah, well, you know, to your first point, I mean, I, I think you're spot on. You can go read every one of these research studies, every one of these, these articles that you find. It's always about, I wish I would have gone for it on my deathbed you don't have a promise of tomorrow. You have got to change your understanding of time. Nobody owes you another second more of life. Like that's the reality. Like the craziest thing about this, Matt, we're both going to die on a long enough time frame. We're dead. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wonder what if. Look, it's incredible. Believing in yourself. This is what I think happens. Like, I honestly do. I think that people are terrified to believe in their self enough that they're willing to take the risk of failure. And because of that, they won't step into that until we're then faced, again, rock bottom moment, deathbed with, oh, it's too late. I can't change from here. You don't get another time. You don't get another moment, right? And so if you're contemplating, if you're even thinking about it and your gut says, go for it, go for it. Because worst case, you can get right back to where you are right now. The measurement that you have to have is you have to look at the reality of, I have made it to this point before. Thus, this is a new threshold that I know that I'm able to reach. Okay, so if I fall back, I can come back here. All right, great. So now what? Go for it. Go for it and fail and learn and grow and understand something really incredibly important. The number one word that every one of my coaching clients knows is patience. You've got to be so incredibly patient. Matt, I've been doing this for almost five years. You just learned who I am right? Think about this. There's 8 billion people on planet earth trying to accomplish 8 billion different tasks. Realistically, if you trudge through it long enough, 
there will be something beautiful on the other side. But there's no overnight success. There's no 12-day overnight success. There's 20-year and 30-year and 18-year and a whole lot of time in between the moment you make a choice and the moment that that decision comes to fruition. But you have to go for it. No one else is going to live your dream for you. And again, like I said earlier, there's no Disney moment. There's not going to be any magical thing that suddenly is going to change your life forever. And you have to understand that. And if I could implore that into people in any other way other than saying it. If I had a magic pill that said, change your reality with the concept of death, I would be a bazillionaire because people would start showing up for themselves. Now, to answer your question, look, to end generational trauma, I recognize this. My goal, my number one goal, the reason I get up every single day is to end generational trauma. I understand that on a long enough timeline, I'm going to die. That's not going to happen. Not within my lifetime, not within the context of understanding a millennia of abuse needing to be reframed, needing to be changed. Continents of people who socially accept the idea of hurting children, right? Think about this. There is an 83% chance that you've had an adverse childhood experience, meaning that someone in your house was a drug addict and alcoholic, that you weren't fed or clothed properly, you weren't taken care of from a medical perspective, someone in your house had a suicide attempt, someone in your home went to prison, your mom or dad hit each other, the list goes on and on and on and on, right? And so there's a chance that you have 83% chance that you've, you've had an adverse childhood experience. Now you multiply that across all humans on planet earth. That's a lot of experiences. So the way I think about this is, can I move forward and towards this idea and this goal and this concept every single day by creating things that will outlive me, writing multiple books, podcasts, education, coaching. It's about an exponential growth. Again, mathematical equations here. If I can impact one person, and they can impact 20, and they can impact 100. Eventually, on a long enough timeline, we will reach that goal. Now, how do you do that right now in this moment? Again, it comes back to, can we have this conversation? Can we, as human beings, be in connection with each other about something kind of dark, something that most people are very, very afraid to talk about because of shame, because of judgment, because of guilt, right? Which is totally reasonable. They come by that honestly. I relate. It took me a long time to be able to work through that to a point where I could use my story. And I don't think you have to use your story. I don't believe that anyone needs to talk about this in a way that's about shouting with a flag at the top of a mountain. It's about, can you heal yourself first and then ingrain that into your family, your children, your partner, your community, your neighborhood, your city, your state, your government, your country, your world. It's exponential. And so as we're adults, we start working with ourselves, become the best version of me, learn to love myself, work through the trauma, go to therapy, do the hard things. And then on the other side of it, start educating our children, start changing the way that we talk about what's emotionally acceptable. And then there has to be a collective change in the acceptability that we have in adults hurting children. It just doesn't make sense, man. Go and look at prison statistics. Over 80% of people in prison had an adverse childhood experience. What is the correlation? This isn't rocket science. It's statistics. It's in your face. We can't hide from the truth anymore. Matt, if we want to end this, we want to move towards my goal. We have these conversations. We stop hiding from the truth. We give people the tools and education that they need. And then we double down and double down and double down and double down. And we commit. We commit as a species 
to stop being violent to our most vulnerable beings. Well, I, I love all that. And, you know, it reminds me of, um, you know, what I've learned from my studies with the Native American elders and, and just the people, they talk about seven generational thinking and, and we don't do that. They think about seven generations down the line, like w- what we do today and how that will impact seven generations. And also with what your own example is, it's like understanding you can't fix it in this lifetime, but you're committing your life to it. So that becomes a legacy right? That, that, that will be passed down through time. And all of us can leave a legacy. I'm reminded of this story that I read a couple of years ago, but it's basically, there's two villages in the middle East or somewhere foreign and they're, they're very poor. And one guy spent his whole life basically digging a road between these two villages because there's a big mountain pass. And it took him like something like 50 or 60 years, something absurd. And he eventually did it. You know what I mean? So he started chipping away and it took him 60 years by himself and created a road between these two villages that made, um, you know, that connection of those two cities much easier. So it wasn't like a multi-day trek. And so that improved the lives of everybody for them to do that. And what kind of uh, amazing vision or foresight would that be? It's like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. Right. And it, and in that way, you got to think about the thankless nature of it, because I think so many people are like, well, what will I get? Well, that's not going to get you anywhere. It's going to get you exactly what you have right now, whatever you can take from the default world, right? When, when you talk about wherever you are, I always say the matrix will always take you back with warm, comfy, cozy arms, but that might be sedating you from the courage and the inspiration for you to create who you came here to be. And only you can sacrifice that, right? And only you can have the courage to build who you want to be and architect your life, architect your legacy. And it is going to take action. It's going to take courage and it's going to take patience and consistency. Um, But you can definitely do it. And the last thing I'm reminded of is, you know, Alan Watts will just talk about the value of contemplating on your death. Tomorrow is not present, you know? So when you contemplate on your death, you can actually free yourself to know that nothing is guaranteed. So are you being honest with yourself for how you're living today? And so, um, you know, I know we're kind of running up on time, but I'd love for you to just speak a little bit on, you know, you talk about concepts for overcoming fear, but uh, leveraging your experiences to tap into power and just getting out of your own way with this self-sabotage nature that we, we, so many of us have. Yeah. Look, I mean, self-sabotage is such a normative part of the human experience. It's probably been embedded in us since, you know, we came out of the ooze, right. <laughs> or wherever we came from, I have no idea, but, but realistically it, it is because we're terrified of the idea that on the other side of our effort, we could actually reach our potential. I'm going to say that again. We're terrified that on the other side of our effort, we could actually reach our potential. We could actually have what we want to have, have the life we want to have, have the love, the career, the family, even the possessions, right? And and like, it starts with, you mentioned something really important, values. I could ask a hundred people to name their values. Two of them will be able to do it. I see it time and time and time again. You must know who you are. In order to move forward in your life, you have to be able to name them. Mine are honesty, kindness, self-actualization, and leadership, right? I understand that the framework and the scope of the way that I exist in my life starts with those core values because with those values, I'm willing to move forward because I've recognized I have to be honest with myself first and foremost. I need to be a leader. I need to self-actualize actualize, and I demand kindness, 
right? You talk about the stories that we tell ourselves. I used to be the meanest person you could ever imagine to myself. That was the only thing I ever experienced. That was communication. That was the baseline. I assume that this is how you talk to yourself because that's how they talk to me. Thus, kindness became an irrevocable value. It will not ever go away. And so because I have my values, I know that I can move forwards and towards the goals that I want to have in my life because they are in alignment. First and foremost, get an alignment with yourself. Nothing else matters if you're not in alignment. If you can't answer the question of who am I, then you are not in alignment. It's not your job. It's not your career. It's your values. I am an honest leader who is kind, who self-actualizes. That's who I am at the heart of me, at the core. And that doesn't mean I don't fall back, Matt. That doesn't mean I don't make mistakes and I don't have failures. And sometimes I don't tell a lie because I do, because I'm a human being, right? But the sabotage moves away further and further and further, the closer and closer and closer I get to me, right? We must stop being afraid of being who we are. You know, I, I'm obsessed with, with leaders, with people in the world who have done incredible things. And a lot of them are entrepreneurs. I would actually say the vast majority of them are, right? The one thing that I found to be in common that, that kind of sparked this moment, this conversation for me in this context was about, mm, call it nine years ago, somewhere in that window, eight, nine years ago, I was reading all of these business books because I've been an entrepreneur for a long time now. And I kept noticing the one thing that all these people I love and I look up to have in common is they are not afraid to be themselves. They've worked through, they've worked through the discomfort of being okay with the reflection in the mirror. If you want to stop self-sabotaging, you must do whatever it takes to be okay with the reflection in the mirror. I love that. That's, that's really powerful stuff. And it, you know, it reminds me of just like the idea of everyone being unique and what's happening is we're kind of going into these places that make us all the same, right? Same job. You know, we got thousands of people at this job and that job. And if that job calls to you, fantastic. If it's uniquely you, if it's the expression of who you are by your own definitions, but yes. you're only going to be the one who knows if you uniquely express. And there are so many different types of people, of interests, of curiosities. And so honoring yourself is so incredibly important. And the challenge is it's this money piece that people sabotage their dreams um, because like, I don't know how I'm going to make money from that. But you might sacrifice your life, you know what I mean, in, in doing that. And you don't know what you're going to be capable of. Um, so we, we kind of idolize all of this money and this wealth possession. So it's like, how can I get all of that stuff by following who I am? Well, maybe following who you are is going to be your best shot at that. And that's also secondary because if you're uh, doing what you love and you're being honest with yourself, you're going to be content with who you are and what you have. And when that mirror comes up, you're going to be grateful. But if you sacrifice it, no amount of money is going to be enough for sacrificing who you came here to be, what you came here to do and the impact you could have made. Yeah, man. Look, dude, I would rather make $12 a year and be happy and content and be in alignment with who I am, then make a million being miserable, putting on a smile and having water cooler talk. And you've kind of done both, right? I've done, but that's why I know, right? Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. had I not been in corporate America, I would never have known how absolutely and foundationally horrid I feel in that environment. 
Yeah, exactly. And so you can learn from people, you know, we, we talk about, you know, these stories, but when you live it, then you know, for sure. And so you can also take those lessons, right. And know. Yeah. For but sure. if you don't so, go for it, you'll never live it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I just mean like we, so many people will talk about the living in corporate American, just being, you know, morally or, or spiritually bankrupt. Um, yeah. So it just, it just matters if your, your job is fulfilling you and you're, and you're helping others and there's going to be a bridge. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job immediately. It means, you know, intend and work towards the person in the life that you want to architect. And if you have a stable job, that's helping you and your family. Great. Just don't give up on that person that you want to create. Right. Grateful for where you are now. And like you said, give yourself patience for that long game. It might not be a year. It might not be two. It might be 20 years. Right. But if you live to 60 and you start at 40, that's 20 years of amazing work and um, and uh, life that you could be living. And again, it always just comes back to if you're being honest with yourself, that's the guide. So, um, you know, I know you got to run, but I just appreciate you coming on the show. This has been brilliant. I've enjoyed this. I'm grateful for your work and what you're doing in the world because it's so necessary. Is there anything that you wish that I had asked or you want to leave the listeners with before we close it up? Is there anything I wish that you'd asked? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. Look, I think when we're in these moments of connection, it is to be what it is meant to be, right? Um, I, I will say this. There's one of the things that I'm doing. Actually, here, I'll ask, I'll ask a question. The thing <laughs> that I wish you would ask is what is it that I'm doing right now to change the world? So I actually recognize recently that the vast majority of everyone who consumes all of my content, the podcast, the books, the Instagram is 82% female. And I am so incredibly appreciative of every single woman and female on planet earth who is willing to be emotionally vulnerable. But men, we have to step our game up. It is no longer okay to live within toxic shame for being a man with emotional capacity. Matthew, one of the things that you mentioned, man, was you contemplated suicide. How do we not have a safe space to have that conversation, right? And so understanding and looking at the numbers of the research against knowing the ramifications of childhood trauma, men are vastly impacted by this. Some some studies show that men are four times more likely to commit suicide and 49 times percent more. uh, And it's a 49 percentile range of men who won't even have the conversation to begin with. So we must change that. So I'm launching a new coaching program called heallikeaman.com because this has got to change, man. We have to change everything about what it means to be a man in society today. That's powerful. I I absolutely agree. There's a lot going on with uh, men, you know, and we could go a whole podcast on that. So I appreciate that work and that intention. Uh, We do, you know, especially in today's climate, we need strong men uh, to stand up, you know, with, with having the scope and ability of emotional capabilities, right? That's how we know if we're, we're making true decisions, you know, we need to, we need to be able to feel emotion, um, and recognize who and what we are and do it in a, um, just an honorable way for ourselves. And we are taught not to feel right. So there's a lot of stuff there that all the men's work I've stuff and stuff that I've done and, and heard from different people. It's very fascinating where luckily I didn't have to go through that as much as others, but it is something that's very prevalent among, among men, not feeling, not healing, not speaking. Um, and if you're holding that, it's going to be toxic within yourself and you're not going to support uh, others. You know what I mean? And you're not going to be able to live up to your full potential. So it's like dropping the weight of the stuff that holds us down this anchors of stuff that can be dropped so that we can be truly who we want to be. So I uh, just appreciate you. So where should people uh, find you go and, and connect if they want to learn more and stay connected? 
Yeah, Matt, again, thank you so much. I love these questions. I love this conversation. I, I appreciate you greatly, my friend. Um, I am everywhere at Michael Unbroken, um, and you can check out hilllikeaman.com. Amazing. Well, thanks for your work. Thanks for coming on, and this was a pleasure. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Michael Anthony. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please leave a review on iTunes. Share this as far and as wide as you can. Become a member at mattbelair.com. Uh, you can do so by donation or even for free. Patreon is on the verge of deleting my account for some of the uh, podcasts that have been sharing. People trying to uh, tell the truth. The censorship, the blacklisting is absolutely absurd and could really use your support if you are hearing this um, it's getting harder and harder to get the message out and we need your support so you can check me out on rockfin forward slash Matt Belair Odyssey but the best place is to go to mattbelair.com become a member you can do so by donation you'll see it on the membership site or, or even for free so just hit me up matt at zenathlete.com that's no problem you get access to all the episodes all the exclusive training all the censored shows um, and stay in touch and would love to have you there so just hit me up and if you're interested in some of that one-on-one -on -one coaching and you're really committed to knowing who you are on this planet knowing who you came here to be you want to live and walk your life purpose uh, create a deep connection with spirit and master your mindset in a beautiful supportive community we would love to be working with you go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching um, there's also the soul compass course the quantum heart hypnosis and so you know there are very effective tools for helping you to know who you are to walk the path with courage with integrity with spirit and with like-minded people you are definitely not alone and so if you want to engage with a beautiful and inspiring community hit me up love to hear from you and learn more so with that being said let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we end this episode also check me out on telegram that's the best place to get uh, up-to-date information probably the last platform where you can actually get info without it getting shadow banned or deleted or all the other nonsense they're doing but uh yeah, so that's it. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, courage, inspiration, power, and ready to enjoy the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.